Welcome to the Outsiders Podcast. I am your host, Tyler France. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My good friend, my brother, Neil Sandlin. What's happening, man? Man, we are just rolling along in episode two. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Mavericks season has started. Yes. Just to let y'all know. So, so yeah. This yeah. is the uh, podcast on race, justice, Jesus, and the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're we're yeah. Uh, we're excited. Episode yep. eighteen. We're in the middle of this season two, and uh, we're excited about what we're talking about today. And, Absolutely, uh, can't wait to get into it. Got quite the heart check for you today. Yeah, yeah. I um, I came across this video clip that we're going to play, or audio clip, right? That we're about to play, mm-hmm. and. Um, it is from a pastor in Austin. I don't want to say his name or um, you know promote him in any way, right. but um, I, I want to play this clip, and uh, I, I saw it over the weekend. It has been weighing upon my heart since, no. and uh, so why don't we roll the audio, and then um, I'll, I'll comment a few things on it. I, I have spent, to my shame, to my shame, I thought I was cool. I was not cool. It's embarrassing. I, it is embarrassing that I, for years, was embarrassed by the Bible. Not all of it, but there were certain parts that, yeah, I'd be embarrassed about, like slavery or something like that, you know, like, yeah. and whereas now, you know, I had somebody recently on my show, you know, and, and they brought up slavery, you know, and, and, and they're a Christian, and, but, but you could tell it was a little bit, like, kind of embarrassed, you know, and, and they were saying, you know, but like, you know, kidnapping. And so the African slave trade, America, you know, like uh, man stealers, that, that was a crime, you know, biblically and punishable and, and atrocious in the sight of God. And, and so America has bad roots. And, and I, and I paused them for a second. I said, well, just for the record real quick, um, the founders weren't going to Africa and stealing people. They were buying them. They were buying them. So who stole them? Africans. <laughs> whoa, whoa, you can't, you can't go there, man. You, you don't have the <laughs> you know, proper melanin so, to talk about such things. Right. Yeah. Well, well, that's the beauty. That's the beauty is I'm not, I don't have to be ashamed. I don't have to be that's ashamed, exactly but right, rightly right, dividing right. the word of truth, black or white doesn't matter. And that's, and you, but you're right. Like, I know you're joking, but, but I, you know, it's just like, I was like, man, I, I'm embarrassed about the Bible or, or I'm a white dude. I can't talk about it. And there's just such freedom. And I'll be honest. So free, like, it's so much freedom. A, yeah. So much of it came by seeing another guy, yeah. right? Because that's the thing is like that you get, you're scared and you stay in your little corner, you stay on your little leash because you're like, I, I don't know what will happen. I don't know what, but when you see some other guy do it and you're like, oh, yeah. that's the worst, it, it, that's the worst so, thing that could happen. Absolutely. Vice writes an article about you. Russell Moore won't invite you to your birth, his birthday party anymore. Like that's, that's it. Uh, well, I don't even know really where to begin. Yeah. Um, I, I get frustrated. Um, I get brokenhearted. I get saddened yeah. when I hear things like that, especially from one who um, is pastoring a church. Yeah, scary. Um, that that was probably the worst usage of Second Timothy two fifteen I've ever heard. Yeah, the, and 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 what's what's interesting is that it, it really fails logically on two levels. Yeah. It fails on a biblical level because he is um, this person that was on his podcast was exactly right. Yeah, um, man stealing in the Old Testament mm-hmm. was punishable by death. Yeah, we have a episode last season where we talked about slavery in the Bible and we looked at how slavery in the Bible was not like right. um, the African American slave trade that we we did here yeah. in this country. I encourage and, you to go back and listen to that. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, absolutely. Go back and listen to it. But 
man stealing would be taking someone that didn't owe you money, they didn't owe you anything, right? And bringing them in as a slave to work for you, yeah, right? Whereas Old Testament slavery was paying off debt. Mm-hmm. This this man stealing was more along the lines of of what we see in um, American history, right? And for him to simply sweep through, oh yeah, what early white citizens of this country did yeah. to black people by saying, "Well, they just bought them," right? Almost to justify it, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. well, they weren't the ones who man stole. <laughs> right. They just bought them yeah. as if that is a justification for owning a slave. Right. You're still owning a person as if they are property. Right. And and so the 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 whole premise behind man stealing, yeah, is that in the Old Testament, if you man stole, you were in violation, yeah, right, right, right. of God's law, right, right. And if you participated in that by Mm -hmm. saying, "Oh, well, I didn't do the stealing; I just did the buying," yeah, yeah, right. So this person stole, and then I just bought from them and made this guy come work for me. That's not what. Old Testament slavery was designed to do yeah. paying off debt. Right. So you're still culpable in that. Even in our legal system, that's that doesn't fly. Right. Right. <laughs> like even today in our legal system, right. Uh, getaway drivers get in trouble too. You know. What I'm right. Saying? Absolutely. Like, you're you're still a part of right. the the sin mm-hmm. and the wickedness and the violation the that violation this, of the, this the law, is. Right? Even if you weren't the one who did the initial act. Yep. And and what's so crazy is it also fails on a United States principle level. Right. <laughs> right. So <laughs> what, what did we, what did we, we write in our founding documents, right? We said that all men are created equal mm-hmm. and are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Right. Among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Amen. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so people buy a slave. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I didn't do the man stealing. Right. I just bought a slave. Well, let me ask you a question. You owning that slave mm-hmm. to work to get free labor, mm-hmm. is that allowing that person life, life liberty, liberty, and the pursuit of and happiness? The of Absolutely happiness? not. Absolutely exactly. not. So it's not only a failure on a lot biblical logical level. It's right. a failure on a principal level in the United States of America. Yeah. Owning a slave. And in fact, when when slavery was abolished and when MLK did his work— yeah toward uh, equality. Mm. Both of those movements referenced back the original founding documents of this nation. Oh, yeah, yeah. They said, listen, here's what the documents said. Absolutely. The documents were better than some of the men who were writing them, (laughs) and we're going to demand Mm -hmm. that those principles be given to everybody. Right. And if you bought a slave, whether you man stole them or not, right. if you bought a slave, you were in violation of the principles of the United States of America. Mm. Yeah. Um, and the, the documents were better. And, and so this whole clip is yeah. so frustrating because it went viral. Yeah. And, and people got to see the, the boldness behind that. Right. Right. I mean, the, even mm. the, the boldness of this man yeah, yeah. to kind of be unashamed of mm-hmm. the way that he was acting oh, yeah. um, was heartbreaking to me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, it's like you can use the example of what if, you know, human trafficking is, is huge today in yep. the world. Yeah. What if, what if someone said, well, I know I bought a seven year old girl, but I didn't steal the seven year old girl. Right. How ridiculous. Yeah. That's the logic that's being used here. Yep. And, and what is also so frustrating and disappointing is that, 
you don't even have to know what the Bible says right. to know. Just from a moral standpoint. From it's a wrong. natural it's wrong. law you know standpoint, it. from yeah. the conscience that is put within us by God, right. owning another human being is wrong. Yeah. I don't care how you treat them. Right. Owning another human being is wrong. Yeah. And you don't even need the Bible to say that. And for him to act like, you know, well, if you got to have the position I have now or you're ashamed of the Bible. Yeah. Right. And, and it's the, yeah, it's the prideful arrogance, right? It's the, <laughs> yeah. it's the, you don't value the Bible like I do if you don't right. have this view. And, and this view is so dang ignorant. Right. Like, I, I mean, I, I yeah. hate to say it that way, but it's just so right. ignorant. It's, it's not well thought out. Right. He, he... Well, and it's, it's a prideful arrogance as well. And, and one yeah. of the, one of the reasons I know that is because of the mocking that he does toward Russell Moore. Right. And, um, and we really value Russell yeah, Moore. And, and so when you're mocking Russell Moore mm-hmm. and saying, oh, what's the worst that can happen? You won't He's get invited to yeah. Russell Moore's birthday party. It, it's such a, a, a mockery yeah. of your brothers and sisters in Christ who right. think you're wrong. Yeah. And so it, it's not just ignorance. It's not just, um, you know. And also that kind of thinking hurts people, right? right. Like that kind of thinking dismisses Right, real trauma and right. real issues, and so it's 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 just unloving. Yep, it's ignorant. It's yep. pretty and, and stupid. Just right. to let you know, as our audience, that's the reason we do a podcast like this. I, I, absolutely, we are doing a podcast like this because there are voices in 2021 yeah. who are making excuses for people who bought slaves. Right, who are saying it wasn't wrong to buy slaves. Yeah. In 2021, right. almost 2022, right. there are pastors still saying this kind of stuff. Yeah. And so we are doing this podcast because we want to say before God, you convicted us of this mm-hmm. and we followed through to help educate people if they would like to be educated. Yeah. And so this has been weighing on my heart. Yeah. You can tell in my voice that it frustrates me Absolutely. and saddens me and breaks my heart. Yeah. Um, but it's also motivation for us to continue to do a podcast like this and yes. to do segments like we're about to do today. Right. And, uh, and the segment that we've got today, guys, is on uh, the black victim mentality. That's question the, mark. Uh, the question mark <laughs> you'll notice there. Yeah. The black victim mentality. So we want to move into the Bible first. Let's deal with what the Bible says about victimization and oppression and, um, and the attitude we should have when we see that in our own lives. Well, oppression and victimization, Mm. those are two words that um, we use today. Victimization is not so much necessarily a biblical term. You don't see that term used in the Bible. You see oppression, certainly, in the Bible. But the idea behind both of those words, oppression and victimization, is something that the Bible mentions often. Oh, yeah. There are entire narratives Um, that focus around someone's victimization, someone's oppression. The the Bible's filled with this. Mm -hmm. I think the first time we see oppression and victimization uh, in kind of a long-form narrative would probably be the the life of Joseph. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Being sold into slavery by his brothers. Yeah, the oppression comes at the hands of his brothers. The victimization comes at the hands of his brothers. They they steal their brother. They, They... sell him into slavery, mm-hmm. then that he's taken in and eventually ends up in Egypt. Right. He's lied about. 
you right. know, um, by Pot- by Potiphar's wife, yeah. right? Yeah, Potiphar. Yeah, yeah. I Potiphar. said Pilate's wife. Pot- Pot- Potiphar's wife, and then what Potiphar's <laughs> uh, he wife lies about him. He ends up going into to prison, and he's forgotten about there. Yeah. So you have this whole massive narrative that happens, and then Absolutely. you can move into the the big story of Israel's oppression and victimization right. as slaves in Egyptian bondage, right? Four hundred years. Oh yeah, yeah. 400 years mm-hmm. of victimization and oppression. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing that I find very interesting in Exodus chapter three, verse nine, God sees what's going on with Israel and he calls it oppression. Mm. God is not afraid to call oppression, 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 right? And say that there are victims of oppression. Here's what Exodus right. three, nine says. And now behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me. Moreover, I have seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Oh, he doubled up. He doubled up the oppression. (laughs) Um, After their deliverance from Egyptian persecution and slavery, Mm -hmm. they continued to suffer as victims at the hands of Syria, the Amalekites, uh, Ishmaelites, Philistines, Medes, Persians, Babylonians, Babylonians. Mm -hmm. uh, etc. You could just keep going on and on. Yep. There's also individual people. Yeah. That suffering. You know, we talk about Joseph, right? Yeah. I mean, but the Bible's full of it. It's this. full of it. And, and probably one of the most obvious or famous ones would be mm-hmm. David. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. David gets anointed as the next king of Israel. Saul. mm-hmm. Saul's not going to put up with that. Right. Uh, that's not his family. Yep. You know, that means his son's not going to be king. Mm-hmm. So he exiles David. David runs off. David is fleeing as Saul is hunting him down and trying to kill him. Mm. Uh, after David becomes king, his own son rises up against him and does the same kind of thing to him. And he's got to right. run and flee and hide as his son's trying to kill him. So I-, I think you get the picture here. Yeah. There is a common thread throughout the entire Old Testament and into the New Testament with Rome. Oh, yeah. Um, of oppression mm-hmm. and victimization. Israel even oppresses Israel <laughs> right. when the kingdom gets split. Right. Now, so I have a few observations about oppression and victimization, um, about how Israel handled this um, and how individuals handled this oppression and victimization. Number one, recognizing oppression was appropriate. Right. Recognizing that they were oppressed. Right. There was nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Israel, what in fact has been commanded by God not to forget their slavery. Yeah. They're supposed to remember their slavery oh, yeah. because of what God ended up doing right. from it. Because that points to how awesome God is, right? Right, right. And David... Remember where you came from because yes. I took you out of it. Right. Yep. David writes songs about his victimization. Oh, yeah. He writes songs about his oppression, mm. right? He says, God, how come the wicked flourish? Yeah. I'm doing what's right and I'm not. Right. You know, I think today some people say, don't write songs like that, David. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't write songs like that, David. Oh, you don't want to give them that. Yeah, you mentality. don't want to be, yeah, you don't want to come across as, as, you know, having a victim mentality. Yeah. But David had no problem writing songs about his victimization. Yeah. Israel mourned their oppression during captivity in Babylon and, and Persian captivity. Yeah. Israel continued to express their oppression and victimization during the intertestamental period uh, right. when Greece and Rome ruled over them. So recognizing victimhood is not wrong. It's, it's almost necessary to heal. Absolutely. No yeah. question about it. It's a, it's a necessary thing to do. Right. Number two, Israel looked past their oppression past their victim victimization to Yahweh. Mm. Whether it was Israel in Egypt, David in a cave, 
one thing that we continue to see is that the faithful people in Israel continued to recognize their oppression all the while looking beyond the obstacles to their God. To their God. To their God. They didn't say the obstacles aren't there. Yep. No, they recognized the the obstacles. Mm -hmm. They sang songs about the obstacles. They talked about the obstacles, but then they went further than that. And then number three, Israel continued to persevere in spite of the oppression and victimization. Oh, yeah. One of the things that characterized Israel's narrative is that no matter how difficult things got, no matter what they dealt with, no matter what obstacle was in their way, there was a faithful remnant group of Israel that continued on no matter what. No matter what, yeah, yeah. Israel is not the only example of victimization in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Let's move to Jesus. Yeah. Jesus, of course, was a victim. Yes, he was. He experienced uh, the worst that humanity had to offer. Right. In fact, his victimization was worse because he was absolutely the perfect son of God. Yeah. Like he didn't ever do anything wrong. Right. Right. So he's ridiculed, lied about, schemed against. He's mm-hmm. attacked ruthlessly for doing everything right. Right. Yeah. Everything Right. Yeah. We can move to his arrest and crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Right. So you um, talk about injustice, you, you know. Yeah. There's no way to read what went down mm-hmm. with Jesus' arrest and crucifixion and not coming away, coming away believing Jesus that was a victim of corrupt enemies and a corrupt system. Oh, there's yeah. no way to come away right. not believing that. Right. He was arrested at night. Illegal. He was tried by the chief priest at night. Illegal. The witnesses bore <laughs> false testimony. That's illegal too. Yeah. And he was physically abused. All of those things yep. were illegal. Right. Then he was taken to Pilate. Mm-hmm. So even, even in the law, this is not legal. Right. Not Israel's law so said what they were doing wasn't right, was right. illegal. Yep. All right. Then he gets taken to Pilate. Yep. Pilate questions him, Found talks him to him, and says, yeah. this guy's innocent. <laughs> yeah. I find no fault in this man. Right. And you know what he does anyway? Had him beaten and crucified. Let him be crucified. Right. Even though he was innocent. Yeah. And he thinks he can get away with it by simply washing Washing his his hands hands in water. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, people will throw out that Jesus was not a victim Mm -hmm. because this was his plan and his will. Right. He was a victor. Right. He was a victor instead of a victim because of what his death accomplished. Right. Which, which he was a victor. Like, absolutely. He is absolutely a right. victor. And what we have is we have two different categories here. Yes. We have two different categories. Mm-hmm. We have a, a sovereign plan of God category yeah. that says, what did Jesus accomplish by laying down at his own life? Right. Right. And so mm-hmm. from that point of view, we say, absolutely, he was a victor. Yeah. Death, hell, sin, the devil, yeah. the world, all, hold him. <laughs> all of it yeah. was defeated at the cross. Right. He was a victor. Yeah. In the other category yeah. of what was actually done to him, right. he was a victim. Yeah. I don't know one Christian that would say Jesus wasn't murdered. Right. Yeah. I've never met a person that would say Jesus wasn't murdered. Right. Murder is not a victimless crime. Right. Yeah. That's good. Nobody would say that either. Yeah. If Jesus was murdered. Someone killed him. He was a victim yeah. of a murderer. Yep. He was a victim of a group of murderers. Yep. So Jesus can be both victim yeah. and victor at the same time. And in fact, this is not something we're just coming up with here fresh and new. Yeah. Let's go back to the fourth century. Mm. Augustine mm-hmm. of Hippo. Here's what he, here's what he wrote. He alone, Jesus, right. 
free among the dead, that had power to lay down his life and power to take it up again. Yeah. For us, he was unto thee both victor and yeah. victim. Yeah. And the victor, as being the victim, mm. for us was he unto thee both priest and sacrifice. Mm. So there he says... He holds both these things. Yeah, he was Jesus was victim and victor. Yep. John Calvin, 1500s, he says it like this. In fine, the only end which the scripture uniformly assigns for the Son of God voluntarily assuming our nature and even receiving it as a command from the Father is that he might uh, propitiate yeah. the Father to us by becoming a victim. Mm. The only way that the wrath of God is taken off of us is if Jesus became a victim. Yeah. So we are even told um, that Christians will be victimized. Yeah. And if we want to move, move past the story, go, go a little bit further in the story, we're told by Paul that we will be persecuted. That's the yeah. language he uses. Even Second Jesus Timothy. said, they hated me, they'll hate you they too. They will hate you. Yep. Um, they, they take up your cross and follow me because <laughs> right. there's a good chance you're dying too. Yeah. Right? Unjustly. Right. Second Timothy 2.13, Paul says that everyone who desires to live godly will be persecuted. Mm -hmm. Okay? We could use the term today, will be victimized. Mm -hmm. Persecution has a victim. Mm. The question is, how do we respond to persecution and victimization? Mm. Using Israel... Right using Jesus, the true Israel, right? using the church as examples in the Bible that we can see, yeah. how then should we approach these circumstances? Just three things real quick. Number one, Jesus took all of his suffering, all of his persecution, and all of his victimization to God. Right. Just like Israel did it, just like the church has done it, Jesus did it. He looked past mm. his victimization to yeah. the one who was in control of all things. Right. Still acknowledged that he was a victim. He absolutely did. Yeah. He knew what was happening to him was wrong. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. He knew it was sin. Mm -hmm. But he knew that wasn't the end of the story. Right. Jesus' victimization, Jesus' oppression, Jesus' persecution was not the end of the story. So good. Number two, Jesus knew that reward and joy were coming. Amen. Jesus said, for the joy that was set before him, me... Or some Paul wrote this about right. Jesus. Him. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Right. There is this reward that comes mm. by Christians, people who love Jesus. Right. For suffering. Who suffer yeah. for doing what's right. Yeah. Great is your reward in heaven mm. for suffering. Yeah. And if and, and if we try to avoid all suffering. Right? If right. we try to avoid it, then there's no reward that comes right. in the end. Yeah. And so what we do is we look past it to the Father, right. and we look past the present right. for what will come in the future. Yeah. And then number three, Jesus knew he was an overcomer. A victim mentality is one that says, there is nothing I can do about my situation. Mm -hmm. I am a victim, so I throw up my hands. I don't try to... Uh, persevere and get past the optical obstacles. Mm -hmm. I'm simply uh, there in the way I'm persecuted. I'm a victim and I can't do anything about it. Right. That is a victim mentality. Mm -hmm. That is not what Jesus had. Right. It's not what faithful Israel had. Right. It's not what the church has. Right. 
They can recognize their victimization. They can recognize the persecution and oppression, Mm -hmm. but they also recognize their overcomers. Mm. Suffering, according to the book of James, brings perseverance. Man. So nothing wrong with saying that you are a victim. Right. Today, it's necessary. Again, for healing, it's necessary. Absolutely. And I think today we're in this place in our nation where it's like, if you say you're a victim of anything... Mm You shouldn't do that. Yeah. Oh, you shouldn't call yourself. That's a, a card you play, right? Yeah, yeah. victimization is not real. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't. You shouldn't say that. You shouldn't use that. But in Scripture, recognizing oppression and and persecution and and hardship and difficulty and victimization was not a wrong thing. Yeah, was not a wrong thing. But you can't just stop there, right? By recognizing oppression and victimization, right? And and historically speaking, that's not where black people stop either. No, it is not. And, and since this is a podcast on mm-hmm. race, justice, and Jesus, I think it's important for us to, to now look at, hey, what historically has been the black approach mm-hmm. and the black experience when they are victimized? Yeah. So let's move there next and, uh, and get into that topic. I got you. So, Neil, I think it's uh, pretty safe to say that no group in America has been oppressed and victimized quite like black people. Facts. Uh, Everything from slavery to Jim Crow to the crack epidemic uh, to unjust laws and policies that are still in play today. If any group can say they are victims, it is African-Americans. Right. Historically, yeah. Now, for my my listeners, now, when I said that, something riled up in you, I'm asking you to, to... Hear me, hear us out, okay? Listen, Uh, listen. The whole thing about our Outsiders podcast, we we have an entire season under our belt uh, of trying to present these topics as as factual evidence and not so opinion. Yeah, 17 episodes before this one where we have tried really, really hard to be factual and biblical. Yeah. Yeah, and that that is our focus. And so we're not trying to put our opinions out there. And and this is no different, okay? Uh, But when I say that if anyone can call themselves victims, it's African-Americans, then it, it's historically true. Right. Right. It's factual. Right. Uh, our country's history is full of innocent African-American blood and, yep. and suffering. Like, right. I mean, it's just chock full of it. Yep. Uh, America is a beautiful and free nation. And, and Neil, you and I both, we, we praise God for yep. America and its freedoms. Yep. Uh, but it has not been historically, nor is it now, completely equal. Right. Which is kind of what we're striving for, right? Right. Yeah. We're still working toward what we said in the heart check. We're still working toward being the first generation that really provides life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and equality to everybody. Yeah. Right. We're still pushing toward that. Yeah. And from the beginnings of this podcast, you know, you and I have, we've traced America's racial failure and even the complicity that Christians have have oh, yeah. fallen into as a oh, result. Yeah. And man, it's ugly. Yeah, it's ugly. Uh, if we're honest with ourselves, we can see how black people have been and, and in some ways are still victims. I mean, Absolutely. it's just there. Right. Uh, so what do we do with this information? All right. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, there's a really prominent voice in our culture today that I want to speak against a little bit. Right. Um, that says we should not call anyone victims. Right. right. It's, it's right. this idea that you call them victims, it gives them an excuse to be lazy, right. not work hard, 
use that victim mentality, quote unquote, to, to take advantage of and abuse the system. And, and by the way, again, it's this language, right? It's right. this language that dismisses real issues and, right. and real things. But right. And, and I don't think this is, this might get characterized as an, as opinion by me, but I'm trying, I, I really believe no opinions this. Allowed, bro. I no. really believe this no. to be true. Mm-mm. I think a lot of times people use the term victim mentality yeah. in order to dismiss um, any talk of victimization, mm. right? Yeah. And so I think those are two different terms. I think you have victimizations, you have victims of right. all kinds of stuff. Right. Um, and in order to squelch that conversation and yeah. not talk about that conversation, yeah. the word victim mentality will be used. Right. Kind of as a scare tactic. Yeah. Like if you talk about this too much, yeah. then you're going to give people a victim mentality right. and they'll be lazy and stuff. Um, and when so you, I think it's used as a buzzword almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this victim mentality is not as predominant as you might think. No, not in the, right? not in the so, black community. That's yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so today for the portion of this pod, I, I just want to share why I think that's a massive straw man. Right. You know, when addressing yeah. the African-American community as a whole, um, the idea of the victim mentality and stuff, and that that is what they will, right. will believe, right? If if they understand that they're victims, yeah. And um, if you just heard him say straw man, you're like, what straw man? He's talking about <laughs> Scarecrow from Wizard of Oz. What are you talking about? Kinda. Um, basically, this is what a straw man argument is. Yeah. It's it's making an argument that's not even real, mm-hmm. right? It's not the the argument that's that needs to be had. It's a right. fake argument. You mm-hmm. instead of characterizing the people you're talking about properly, you use stereotypes, yeah. you use extremes, and then you you burn that straw man, you mm-hmm. attack that straw man, and once it's defeated, you think you've actually defeated the real thing. But it's not representing but it's the not, real thing. It's not representing the real thing. It's yeah. not the real thing. It is a straw man, not the real man. Yeah, and I... <laughs> Mm. That's good. And, that's and, good. That's good. <laughs> and honest, I, I mean, I can't even name one single black person who thinks this way, bro. No, I'm not, not that I know, there, not there that I know either. Any, um, but I, I know a lot of black people, and I, some are more aware of certain injustices. Sure. Um, some are affected emotionally more than others, or outwardly more than others, or something. Uh, but I have never met a black person that just says. Well, I'm a victim, and so I can't. I can't get ahead, and I'm not going to try, and I'm not going to do this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my mom told me that I'm just a victim, and that's right. just the way it is. That I don't have to work hard, and I don't have to. Why the opposite, man? Yeah. I've always heard black parents say, yeah. "Okay, listen, you, yes, you are a victim. Yes, there are um, the the." playing field is not equal. Right. There's obstacles, there's oppression, there's there things you're going to deal with. obstacles you're going to have to deal with and not everybody has to deal with. Right. Right? Um, and and that's going to happen, but you are not going to stay still. Yeah, you're you, going to make something of yourself. You are going to make something of yourself. You are not going to use it as an excuse. Right. Um, because you have to work twice as hard to get where they are. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and two, I think it's interesting that... Um, you know, of course, there are extremes, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can find people that do have that attitude. We don't know every single black person in the world. We don't. We don't. Almost all of them, but not, <laughs> not all of them. No, but what's, what's interesting to me is how the media yeah. will find the extreme, yeah. right? And oh, then yeah. use the extreme as if it's the norm. Yeah. 
And, and, and all we're saying here is, is that mm-hmm. we have known a lot of black people in our lives mm-hmm. and I have never met one mm-hmm. that has a victim mentality. Right. I have met all of them mm-hmm. that I know that said, oh yeah, I've experienced oppression and victimization of yep. racism, but I've never met one with a victim mentality. Right. And again, what we're saying is there's a difference between those two, yeah. those two words and ideas. And, and there's not an attitude of laziness. Uh, no. it's, it's actually unrelenting resiliency yes. that characterizes a lot of these yeah, guys. That's a great word for the black community. Resilient. Yeah. Resilient, yeah. Uh, and historically, this is true as well. I mean, you think of Jackie Robinson, mm-hmm. right? Uh, one of the first black men to play Major League Baseball. And, dude, he had to work twice as hard as any of his teammates to make... To get where he got. Yeah, man. Yeah. To, to even be on the team, let alone be accepted by the team, right? right. Oh, yeah. Uh Branch Rickey, I looked up a quote. Branch Rickey, the major league executive at the time of Jackie Robinson, uh, said, someday I'm going to have to stand before God, and if he asked me why I didn't let that Robinson fellow play ball, I don't think saying because of the color of his skin would be a good enough answer. Mm-hmm. And, and, man, I love this because it speaks to how good Robinson was. Right. Right? If, if he was just a decent baseball player, I don't think Branch would have given him the time of day. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was this exceptionally talented dude who, who worked harder than everyone else. And, and Branch took notice, and baseball as a whole couldn't ignore him right. because he was so talented. Right. And, um, and because of that, I mean, he changed the game. And what's so beautiful— it's never been the same. Because I think we could admit most black baseball players ain't, ain't Jackie Robinson. Yeah. They don't have his skill right. or talent yeah. or work ethic yeah. or whatever it may be. Most, most players, players period. In general, but but yeah. I, I use I use that because when you say he changed the game, what we're saying is is that he kicked open a, a door because yep. of his exceptionalness. Yeah. Right. He kicked open a door that allowed other black people who weren't as exceptional as him. Right. I mean, I, I think we we could say let's rank all the black baseball players yeah. that have ever played. Right. Jackie Robinson's up at the top. Yeah. You know, and and but he opened a door for so many more people oh, yeah. to come through. And so his resilience, his resiliency spurred a resiliency in a whole group of Yeah, it's contagious. Of people. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. It is. It's contagious. Uh, man, speaking of contagious, as I was studying for this podcast, I, I actually came across a man named Charles Hunt. Mm. Uh, he's a resilience expert, educator, and motivational speaker. And he has used his trauma in his life story to inspire and motivate others. Mm. And I listened to his TED talk where he briefly details his life story. And as horrific as his trauma is, a lot of black people that I know can relate to certain aspects of it. Right. Right. Like, I mean, most people, maybe not to the extent, like he was born and raised in Oakland, California in the eighties. Yeah. Okay. So that's going to be rough right there. It's going to be rough. rough, Right. Uh, where there was, it was like 20% unemployment for blacks. Uh, yep. there's systemic housing segregation, education inequities, uh, high poverty and murder rates. And at the dawn of the crack, it crack was at e- the, epidemic, epi- absolutely. Epi- epi- the crack <laughs> was epidemic was going on of the crack epidemic. Yeah. yeah. And, and the war on drugs. Right. And, and so his mother was an addict and his father was a pimp. Mm. So you could, I mean, just imagine the brokenness, the trauma that I do and the trauma in that household. Right. Right. And I mean, again, with all the systemic things, and then you bring in his personal 
life, which is right, an individual story. I don't necessarily know his situation, but his mother being an addict could have to do with the crack epidemic yeah. that, you know, like it's a, yeah. it's all kind of goes together. Right. Um, and his father being a pimp, maybe, I, I don't know, but yeah. maybe, maybe he felt like that was the only way to get out the hood or get out right. the, you know, the situation they were in and stuff. And I'm not saying that's, that's right, but I'm saying that that is, that was the situation they were in. That was the situation. That's, that yeah. is the war on drugs. That's what yeah. it became. And so, um, as I listened to his talk, I realized the beauty of black resilience. Mm -hmm. uh, most yeah. black people I know in, in some way or another have been affected by systemic injustices. Uh, their playing field was not even from, from mine or yours. However, a great number of them succeed anyway. And I'm not saying everyone again, right. but most of the ones that I know, and again, I know a lot, um, man, they, they're still successful. They yeah. still made something of themselves or they still are making something of themselves yeah. and they don't have this victim mentality. And so, uh, I want to, I want to say something just on a personal level. I, um, I grew up as we've shared on these, on this podcast in multiple episodes, good friends being black, yeah. um, knew the situations they were in that were different than mine and tougher than mine and harder than mine. Right. Um, but I truly did not, even with that experience, mm. truly did not appreciate the resiliency of the black people I knew and um, the black community in general yeah. until I dedicated myself to education. Man. Once I decided, you know what, I, I want to read. Yeah. I want to read biographies of... I want to hear black voices. I want to read yes. black words. Like, I want yes. to... Yeah, yeah. And, and what happened is, as I did that... As I um, began to educate myself, I began to see the resilience in the black community in a whole different way. Yeah. Like it illuminated my, my mind yeah. and, and my heart to what they've been through mm -hmm. and the fact that black people exist mm -hmm. today mm. and are still succeeding mm -hmm. speaks to the beauty of their resiliency. Absolutely. And, and a lot of this, as I've read and stuff, a lot of this is due to the faith oh. of, of black people, yes. to, to the black church. Yes. Right. From and the very and, beginning, the black church, I mean, they, they are yes. the biggest voices in these kind of, these kind of efforts, these resiliency yes. efforts. And you things. hear, you, you see the movement of the black church, you see how faith played a role and it's just historically uh, a common denominator in the black resilience is this strong faith. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, dude, look at, look at the stories behind the Negro spiritual songs. Oh yeah. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Africanized Christianity took hold of the slave population. Mm -hmm. Um, and these spirituals, they serve as a way to express the community's new faith. Right. Uh, and its sorrows and its hopes. They, they used it yep. to communicate to each other and express their understanding uh, that though things are extremely hard and unfair and though we are victims, right. my hope is in the Lord. Yes. And the, I mean, that, if you listen to the songs, you hear that. Right. They, I mean, that's the way that they communicate that. Yeah. Um, you, you know, and, and you go into history and you see that the, the slave population was was vastly fascinated by, by biblical stories containing parallels like we, we talked about. Yeah, they see themselves. David, Moses, Israel, those yep. things. They see themselves in those positions. They and, saw themselves uh, even in Jesus. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. That Jesus Absolutely. did everything right, was a victim. Here well, yeah, they he's were. He's the best example, right? Right. <laughs> so they faith. saw themselves in these biblical stories and these biblical narratives. Yeah. So in, in a lot of these things, I mean, they are singing as victims. Right. But they also have this Christ, uh, in Christ I'm victorious. Right. Right. And, and I mean, they're beautiful if you haven't yes. checked them out. But uh, none of these songs reflect an attitude of, woe is me. Right. I'm just going to stay like this, you know, right. things are hard and, and it's not fair and I'm just going to stay here. Yeah. Like these are anthems of resilience. Right. And, and they believed, they believed that the, the freedom they had found in Christ was one day going to result in the, the freedom of their physical bondage. Yeah, man. They and believed you had your that. preacher hands out right they, there. I saw that. They sang about yeah. it. They believed uh -huh. and God answered that prayer. Absolutely. God answered that prayer. And it wasn't songs like you said that are woe is me um we're just now gonna sit back and just say this is the way it's always gonna be and there's nothing we can do about it yeah we, we right? were just we're just victims we're just yeah. we are just treated unfair and that's right there's nothing read, we can do about it read biographies on frederick Douglass and mm. booker t washington and harriet tudman and and tell me that they just believed that we're just victims and so we're gonna have a victim mentality right no it was yes we're victims but that ain't where it stops. No, never. We have a God that will inspire our perseverance, and he will, in the end, vindicate us. Yeah. Right? What does Job say? In the end, the Lord will stand, oh, and yeah. I will see him in the mm -hmm. flesh. Uh, you know, my Redeemer lives. Yeah. And they believe that, and so they, they, they clung to those things. So read, go back and read history like, like yeah. I did and like yeah. I'm doing, yeah. because it changes your life yeah. to see the beauty of, of the black community. And, and, and also listen to these spirituals. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I you mean, can. They really are. You can like, still listen to them. They are those songs, and so uh, a, a little more modern example of this is is Martin Luther King Jr. Mm -hmm. It's not super modern, but it wasn't too long ago. Yeah, uh, who was a man of faith, and I think we forget sometimes because he's highly thought of today uh, by most people. But dude, he was hated in his day by man. most was, people, bro. He was <laughs> called everything in the book. Yeah, he was beaten. He was threatened, arrested lied about, I mean, kind of like Jesus, yeah. um, and, and did not have the attitude that he and his people could not overcome. He, right. he was never defeated. Yes. Uh, and, and that resiliency came from his faith. His whole movement was birthed and carried out by his love for God and for people. Um, mm -hmm. and, and with that foundation, man, even listening to, to Martin Luther King, it's, it's like, man, if he was alive right now, I would want to follow him too. Like, yeah. I would yeah. want to be... It's contagious. Yeah, and and what's crazy about MLK and that and the whole civil rights movement is you can't separate that from the black church. Oh, absolutely, you no. can't. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you, it's it's probably true to say that the black church is one of the most is one of the greatest testimonies to the grace of God and the love of God that that, that there is in the United States of America. Absolutely, there should not be a black church. Yeah. Naturally oh, speaking, absolutely, there should I, not be a black right. church. But because there, be, because of what God did in these people's hearts and yeah. giving him that resiliency. Right. We have the black church today. And it's really interesting when I, when I um, am just reading or listening to people talk about the black church, mm. they, even black people who are no longer a part of the black church, maybe they're not Christians, you know, maybe they grew up in church, but they don't, they're not participating in the church anymore. They have such high praise for the black church oh, yeah. because they know that it, it was there that mm. these the roots of this resiliency, this roots of perseverance, this yeah. roots of, 
of having a, a strong backbone to, to, to continue on. That was laid in so many black people. It was laid for them in, in the black church. And yeah, so man. whether you're talking about MLK, Negro spirituals, whether you're talking about yeah. the great abolitionists, whatever you're talking about, the, the, the common denominator that links all that together right. a lot of times is the black church yeah. and black faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah, and even today, right? <laughs> it's it's on full display. Right. Uh we we've had a black president, yep. which how amazing is that? Yeah. You tell Martin Luther King Jr. that. Right. You know, back in the day. Yep. Uh he probably would have believed it cuz yeah. he knew that he had a dream, a bro. Yeah, he had man. a dream. Uh we currently have a black vice president. Yep. Uh black businesses are are flourishing. Yep. In different areas, black voices are becoming more and more predominant in our culture. Um, and, and all of this and so much more is happening and we still have equality setbacks. Sure. Absolutely. But, but we are still having this black resiliency on full display. Yeah. Um, and it, it really is beautiful, man. And I, and I second what Neil said, man, study the history, um, Mm -hmm. you know, listen to the, to the spirituals and, and listen to black voices more. Right. Um, because they, they really give you an appreciation for it. And I mean, yeah. especially yeah. your brothers and sisters in not, Christ. Who, not the black voices you see in the media. Right. So many of them, they yeah. are they are picked right. because they have an extreme view. Right. That pumps ratings. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Go get a book. Yeah. Right? Go yeah. get a book and read um, about some of these people that we've mentioned today. I, I want to end... Yeah, you got to have discernment. Who you absolutely. To, for sure. I want to end by challenging both uh, our white audience and black audience. Mm. First, the black audience. Yep. If you are in a place where you have or are experiencing oppression, persecution, and victimization, Mm. I want to encourage you to look to your fathers and mothers in the past. Yeah. Look at your ancestors and your... Look look to your brothers and Mm -hmm. your sisters as... Yeah. At those who have come before you, mm. look at them as examples of black excellence yeah. and black resilience. Yeah. Those that persevered all the while fighting for justice. Man, if you're in that situation, look to them. Yeah. You have a history of these godly, beautiful people that God has raised up. Mm-hmm. that you can look to and say, I want to be like that. Amen. Um, to the white audience, we have got to stop with the straw man stereotype characters yeah. of the black community. Yeah. When we do that, we are bearing false witness yeah. on our fellow image bearers of God. Yeah. We've got to stop um, using buzzwords and fear words, mm-hmm. words to to incite emotional responses from people and shut people down and shut people down because we don't want to look at what's really going on. Yeah. And so I would encourage my white audience. Um, maybe you haven't done it on purpose. Yeah. Maybe it's been out of ignorance, mm-hmm. but get your radar up for it. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Get, get, get your radar up for when that kind of thing happens. When, yeah. when an extreme position is tried to be pushed mm-hmm. as normative and as the, the norm of the black community. And we've got to fight and, against that. And you know what will help that is studying the history. Right. Reading black boys or like reading right. black books and, yeah. and all those things. Like 
getting those like only the covers have to be black (laughs) or written by black people (laughs) written oh written by by black black people people. yeah only pick up books that have black covers black books (laughs) well if you if you are our white audience if you are our black audience we are so (laughs) thankful that you listen to this podcast we we really appreciate it we just want to be used by god um, we want to persevere and and do what God has called us to do, and so we are so thankful for that that you listen so to thankful. us. So thankful that you listen to us, and we want you to share yeah. this podcast with Please your do. friends and family. Please get the word out that that two white guys are are talking to white people primarily yeah. about uh, racism yeah. um, because it's rare in our society that we have this kind of thing and so we we want god to use this however he will so thanks again for joining us and uh, we will catch you next time